miracle on Fox League on a Saturday night. And everyone in Campbelltown knows it. Last tackle. Ah, well, that's the show, everyone. Thank you. It's Footy and Frothies. Uh, we'll talk to you next week for round 17. Preview. Take care. Oh, hello. Ah, what a weekend it's been. Actually, it's been a completely awful weekend of rugby league. The standards, uh, as good friend Action just uh, messaged, it's been a mud weekend, and I don't disagree. I think uh, the shallow pool's finally coming back to roost with uh, the NRL and where it's at, but... Uh, that all being said, it's David's birthday. Happy birthday, David. We're joined by GT, who I'll get to in a second. Our statistician supreme. Now, the man that was taking a mantle over from the, what do we call you? I don't know. Uh, Scorekeeper. Yeah. Scorekeeper. <laughs> We've watched Tim Zhu clean up a Mexican. I don't know if you knew he was Mexican, but they certainly made sure we, uh, it was pointed out once Everybody or twice. Everybody knew. And uh, it's been a good weekend, Barn. How are you? Personally, yeah, it's been a real good weekend. Spent Friday with you boys and a couple of other of our mates down there at the um, at the local. It ended up being a good night. The last man standing with a with a couple of the older fellas. When we finally went home, um, yeah, just kicked around home yesterday. And as you as you mentioned, we just sat here and watched the fight card and then the bit sharks of, play and yeah, yeah, bit yeah, of it's UFC, been a good day, bit of yeah. UFC, All a few ha- beverages. Mm. So uh, hopefully most of this is heard copious, about Alex Twal about seventy five times oh, this magic. afternoon. <laughs> He's still my beating heart. The only highlight from that game, but uh, yes, yeah, superb watch and congratulations to him. I believe the next man in line now is Pat Carrigan, seventy four mm, games. Yes. So the spotlight's now switched. But as I said, uh, we're joined by GT, who's got some stats for us. I'm sure he's got stuff up his sleeve. But what's going on, Greg? Uh, not a whole lot. Been enjoying the weekend. Had to work yesterday morning, but aside from that, it's been a nice, relaxing weekend. And I do have some stats from your glorious year thus far. Can't wait. Uh, <laughs> Could have been better than last weekend, I'd imagine. Yes. <laughs> Our poor mate here travelled all the way down to Melbourne last week as a as a fellow Shark supporter and got to watch that demolition live at Amy Park. That was quite painful, being the only guy in the entire bay with a Sharks jersey on, and I made sure that I knew about it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we, we missed you last week, so sorry if we, there was no snipes. <laughs> I was expecting there. it, absolutely. Uh, much happier today? Yes, it was, it was definitely a much better game to watch than being there live at Amy Park. But <laughs> And we'll just quickly we ask, generally ask everyone, what have you made of the season so far? Any big takeaways? Any you know, hot discussion topics you want to raise? Or? Uh, early on in the season, it was great. There was not a, an uncompetitive game of football the entire round for the first sort of 10 weeks. The last few weeks, it sort of started to die off in quality and in the evenness of the games. But now we've sort of gotten to back to the status quo. Yeah, well, we are, as I said, I think the pool's been exposed a little bit now. Key injuries have crawled a couple of clubs. There's some clubs now you generally can't see yeah. winning games for the rest of the year, unfortunately, uh, especially one of mine. But we, uh, news for the weekend, we may as well get into that. Oh, no, we'll do the, no, we'll do some news and then you can you can tell yep. us how bad we all are at actually talking about footy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just quickly, the two quick talking points. Josh Kerr is heading to the Dolphins immediately. He's been released by the Dragons, so happy to release him. Unfortunately, didn't release the other bloke that wants out, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Injury-wise, uh, Luke Keary fractured jaw was the last call there, so it's assuming eight weeks, uh, depending how bad the fracture is or if it's broken or however they assess them, but that doesn't sound good for them. They weren't particularly impressive yesterday, uh, but 
can't say that'll help. Bit of mail out of New Zealand during that Cronulla game that RTS was not selected for the All Blacks coming up. So the Super Rugby season for him is effectively over. So by for all intents and purposes, he's a free agent. So would uh, and I've only just saw this. I could almost see if if the Warriors have a roster spot, I could almost imagine he'd play for him for nothing. Mm. Depending if the NRL stick in with their uh, whatever their value, whatever they call it, they'd make him pay something. Yeah, they'd make the him pay something. Assessed market value or yeah. something, but he'd probably come back and play for fuck all, given he's going to be the next year. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, any thoughts on any of those quick points? Yeah, well, Kiri's a pretty, a pretty massive blow for that team that was already struggling to find any sort of semblance of attack <laughs> through the, the last few weeks. Um, they look much better with Manu at fullback, just playing a lot more direct, which was what we thought, what we hoped would happen when he went to six, but it didn't seem to happen there. Um, yeah, it didn't look, it was pretty innocuous, but his, his um, jaw blew up pretty quickly. <laughs> there was a big, big, it's just a side swipe, that pretty massive um, welt on the side of the mm. jaw. So I'd imagine it's um, it's got a pretty good crack in it. And yeah, six or eight weeks yeah, apparently really won't help he them. As you know, Greg, generally, when, especially you'd see a lot in MMA where uh, when it blows up quick, you know something's not right. More so the orbital bones and around there. But yeah, normally yeah, they know pretty quickly if something's wrong, even before the doctors do. Yeah. So that's not ideal for him. Just the images in the shed as well. He's trying to talk and he sort of his mouth was hanging. So Holding half it, of his yeah. face in yeah. place. Didn't look good. Not ideal for them. Uh, yeah, nothing on RTS? Kerr's an interesting one. Um I well, think they need a middle. I, I think, think he's been see. okay in the, for the Dragons yeah. in the middle. And, he has um, pretty good. He's only going to play off the bench, I'd assume. You would think so, yeah. But um, I, I'm surprised the Dragons have really um, struggled in the middle of the field for a large part of the season. So, um, yeah, another it'll, one. It'll definitely help immediately with Gilbert being out for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You'll feel, feel that um, the backup spot for him at, at least anyway. But um, I think it probably hurts the Dragons more than they realise. Yeah, they're not a particularly big... Board pack, are they? When you no, take him and he out was of it? easily their biggest. So, apart from Murdoch Masilla, but um, I don't think he plays the, these bottom as well. four, yeah. four or five teams now won't win another game anyway. So close to it, unless yeah. it's against each other. So, yeah, I think they're already in probably trying to free up as much maze against Gwiz they can to try and snaffle up whoever they can. And uh, yeah, RTS would be obviously a, a great pickup for any team that can get hold of him. It's just whether um, the NRL is going to ratify him to be able to come into to somebody's squad and. Who's actually going to go chasing him at, the, at this moment in time? I'd imagine there'd be quite a few clubs out there making phone calls, but I would imagine it's Warriors or no one. I don't, I couldn't, I don't think he's going to up and come back to Sydney for four months unless Possibly it's not. to go to, well, who knows? Maybe the Roosters, but who? Um, He'd probably find a spot on the winger in the centres. The there were teams that would take him. Of take course, teams with money up their sleeve like too. But yeah, the logical thing is go back and play on an edge for just playing the centres. He's yeah. going there next year anyway, I so. Think, yeah. Might as well make himself back at home. Be the Warriors or one of the top couple of teams, I would imagine, because I, I can't see him coming back to Sydney if he's going to play in an uncompetitive side. That's right. Yeah. Uh, unless you know, if uh, the only way would be if someone like a oh, you know, someone like a Melbourne Storm or a Penrith, but Penrith just got Tango back, who had a good game, you know, or another good game, and uh, looked back at home. So I imagine they're not chasing anyone. So we'll see what happens there. And the bigger the bigger news of the weekend is Ben Hunt. Requested his release, and it's been denied. It's been denied by the co- the future coach, Shane Flinger, who was made official this weekend. And the uh, Ryan Webb, the CEO, uh, they've both said he's not going anywhere. He wants out, so I imagine, you know, it's a matter of time before the Compassionate Ground card comes out or whatever it might be. They're not going to have him playing reserve grade, so it's all going to come to a head soon. Thoughts on this one, G? 
uh, you can't envision him putting the same effort in for the Dragons that he has been the rest of the year. He's, he's been the sole point of anything good for the Dragons for the vast majority of the year. And with him wanting out, you can't imagine him being that same person that he has been for the rest of the year. All for a club that he doesn't want to be there for, regardless yes. of who the coach is or what he, he wants out. So he's either going to get out or you won't get that 110% effort. Yeah, pretty much agree with the uh, similar s- sentiment there. I, realistically, I think he's too professional not to basically kick stones and not um, get involved. I yeah. think you'll still see him playing, but you're not going to see him taking the hits that he's been yeah. taking. He's not going to take it into the line and, and wear those shots that he's been wearing for him it's up that until this point. that so. just won't be there anymore. It's interesting what happens. Flanagan's going to have to weave magic here. Do you? And the thing, the question is now, do you essentially say, all right, no worries, and try and give Shane Flanagan a blank check, who apparently is still going to be at Man. He's actually still going to assistant coach Manlington this season, so it's not like he's coming straight in. I'm sure we can have a conversation with CEO, but he was brought in now and he's signed with this reputation largely created by his mates at News Corp, who he works with, and Fox, uh, that he can assemble these premiership winning rosters and players want to play for him and now he's got to weave magic. Wouldn't you, if, if you've got that much faith in him, wouldn't you just say, right, cool, you've got... Two million to spend next year. Go and get a go and find another two back rowers, a prop and a, a halfback. But firstly, who's out there? It's not a, a great deal. Nope. Secondly, uh, can he either turn around and whisper in Ben Hunt's ear and get him back? Wouldn't think so. If the fact that as soon as the coach is named and they've they've had a meeting, the, the day after, met, yeah. the day after he comes out and asks for an immediate release, it um, it doesn't sound. Like, there's much chance of whispering in his ear and getting him back yeah. in there. Feels yeah. like there's some sort of history there with the fact that as soon as it gets announced, he wants out. Yeah. It was apparently that he asked for at least two weeks ago, according to yeah. Phil Rothfield, just on the TV as we were sitting here. Uh, but it's now public, which is the next step. The logical next step is they, they ask privately, don't get it, and they leak yeah. it, and then next minute everyone blows up. And it's a bit like everyone either has talks with the Tigers or the Bulldogs when they want... The an pay extra rise. 100K. There was an extra. Yeah. What was the last one? This there was someone else meeting with the Bulldogs this week, apparently. Anyway, there was someone else this <laughs> week. It's like it's like clockwork, uh, especially the Bulldogs. But uh, I think if you if you're looking at markets, you've got to say it seems it seems the Titans have offered him nine hundred, allegedly, which they're not supposed to. Uh, Tim Shane was on record last night is that they're interested, but they're allowed to talk to him because he is on contract and. The Roosters was thrown up, which, you know, is probably the most likely a lot because they've got the Sombrero in action. Uh, and Bulldogs, who supposedly keep having this endless checkbook to sign players. So uh, can you see any of them coming to fruition or is it like it's one of these stories we just all shrug our shells and I'll wait and see? Well, um, yeah, I can't see the Bulldogs happening. If he's not happy at the Dragons, it's pretty much going from, like for like yeah, there. <laughs> going from one jersey to another and having the exact same problems that you've already got. Um, and he doesn't want to play hooker, yet, so it's not like he's going to go to Brisbane and play hooker. Um, that talk is he wants to go back to Queensland, so that probably um, firms up the Dolphins more than anybody else or the Titans. Um, and, yeah, I don't think... Roosters is a funny one. They they could probably go and go out and do that, but then they're going to have to shift a few people. I would imagine um, they'll clean out this year. You watch what Young Walker would have to go. Um, you probably find there'd be some back rowers and front rowers and stuff that would have to go as well. But um, I would think more more uh, likely it's, it's the Titans or the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, well, I guess wait and see on that. I, I obviously it's selfish. You'd love to see him at 
if he was playing for the Tigers, the Tigers probably win another four games this year already, and they'll make I'd a difference. Absolutely, love him to play seven. Mate. Nines can go to six. That'd yeah. be a perfect option for some of the problems that the Sharks have got at the moment. So, yeah, but. he's in a he's in the position of being a halfback in a comp where you need a halfback to win a comp, mm-hmm. and there's only about six players you'd say are capable of that. So we'll wait and see where that all ends up. Uh, any other news you want to touch on, boys? Any discussion points? Not that I can think of, no. Do you, GT, so you're at, you keep our tipping stats, our unders and overs, our first try scorers, and our dag games. Let's get, let's, you know, point out just how bad we're going this year. You sure you want to bring this up? <laughs> yeah, go with that first and then we'll okay. talk about the good stuff. All right, between the two of you, I have your first try scorer out of what I worked out was 109 games so far this year. <laughs> your first try scorer predictions. Barney has a total of three. <laughs> and Dagster, you are at eight. Yes. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Hang on. of the week. Haven't used that for years, but uh, yeah, it felt appropriate <laughs> just then. Dude. What about the rest? On to the man of the match. Daggy, you're at 13 current predictions for your Daggy M man of the match. Barney's only slightly trailing behind with 11. And your big win, little in predictions, is remarkably better, yet still not overly great. <laughs> and once again, Barney is losing to you with 37 current correct predictions and yourself on 39. Wow. So pretty close. Around a third. We're, we're right a third of the time. Yeah. Yeah, roughly, yep. It has been the year for that. So <laughs> in our defence, I think with our for try scorers, we can be boring and tip, you know, left-hand wingers or right-hand wingers every game and probably come out with about 48 out of 109, but try and think a little bit outside the square. Can't, you know, how else do you defend the indefensible? <laughs> uh, do you want to give us an update? How, how well have you done this M stuff? Is it just a straight score thing? No positions or anything? Just... No, M currently is just sitting as, at an overall score mm-hmm. towards the end of the year. This I will, will be the last time it's public. So throw towards it out the there. end of the year, yep. I will divide it into a team of the year plus an overall M medalist. Yeah. Okay. Currently, I have a top 10 list here in front of me. Perfect. At 10, you have Adam Reynolds on 11 points. Nine is Harry Grant on 12. There's a two-way tie for seventh, which is Nico and Ben Hunt on 13. Sixth is Mitchell Moses with 15. Fifth, Sean Johnson in, on 16, tied with Reese Walsh. Solitary third is Latrell Mitchell on 17. Mm-hmm. Second is D fifth on 19. And well in front is the number one, Payne Haas, with 24 Daggy in Wow. There you go. That is prior to the start of this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say, the, the from where we've come from, we've turned on the forward pack a little bit, haven't we? But it's the top the two top are two. Still, yeah. still there, rightfully so. I don't know. This makes a lot of sense to me. Pretty much, yeah. There's not really anyone there that I can think of that we've um, we've missed out on. So. And I have double-checked this year. Joe Tarpany is in the list. Excellent. Yeah, well. <laughs> he's just not in the top ten. He's just not on a lot of points this year. Thank you, Dame. <laughs> Alrighty. Anything else? You want to talk about footy or should we just talk about footy? Let's talk <laughs> about footy. Let's uh, do that. I'll send Greg to the fridge because that's his job tonight when he's ready. All right, no rush. <sighs> the beer wench. The beer wench. Uh, 
and we're going to kick off round, uh, what have been, round 16. Mm-hmm. Last Friday night, 27-23, Golden Point, the Cowboys beat the Panthers in, uh, well, the first of many ugly games of Rugby League. Barn, have you done these stats? What's going I on? I have, mate. Yeah, it was five tries to four. Three out of four conversions played two out of four for Penrith. A missed penalty attempt for the Cowboys, one uh, converted by the Panthers. One out of two field goal attempts for the Cowboys, one out of four for the Panthers. Two missed two-point field goal attempts for the Cowboys, which ended up 84% completion played 80%. 181-plus running metres for Penrith. Seven line breaks to five. 37 tackle busts to 59 for Penrith. Five offloads to 13. Two forced dropouts for the Penrith side. 376 tackles played, 395, seven errors from both teams, eight penalties conceded by both sides, three ruck infringements against Penrith, Tom Dearden with 118 supercoach points, Kyle Felt with 96, Drinkwater with 95, and Jaden Salmon on 93. Some massive run meters throughout, and you look at these stats on paper, uh, the game itself, what do you make of it? Was um there was some really nice attacking footy at times. There was some um, really nice touches to uh, that set up points for both sides. Um, Penrith just Penrith seemed to be in a really good consistent flow after about fifteen minutes of this game, sort of going backwards and forwards. And a lot of it came off the back of Cogger's kicking game. I thought I thought his kicking game was fantastic, especially in the first it's half. It's so of this interesting. Match. Uh, it is one of the points I was going to raise. He, the way he shapes, and it's a little bit the same with O'Sullivan. Obviously, they're very structured at Penrith. Because he shaped and he kicked with exactly the same way Cleary would set himself up and kick to the point where his kicking action looks the same. Like mm. His crossfield bombs look the same. Uh, and the way they just produce that that machine-like uh, process, it, I thought it was impressive. I thought it was, it was very good, yeah. Yeah, especially in that first half. <laughs> There's a few bad reads in defence, but mix that in with some nice attacking footy at times. It was a pretty... Um, I thought it was a pretty entertaining match, to be honest. Even though there were there was um, you know a few errors and penalties, which seemed to break the game down at times. There were um, when when they were on the, the the footy sort of flowed a little bit in this one, probably more so than a few of the other games this weekend, to be honest. Um, as I said, Cogger's kicking game was probably uh, the difference between the two time teams early, and um, was a class above in that first half. Uh, Dearden really started to get himself involved just before half time, and then especially out of the, out of that um, the half time break for that first probably twenty five minutes of the second half, and he 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 was causing a hell of a lot of problems with his running game. That cutout pass that he threw for Felt's try was fantastic. Yeah. His face ball across two or three blokes that, to hit the center, and then it was just catch and pass for the the Felt try. Um, the big thing for me was the fucking absolute chaos in the last 10 minutes of this game with field goals just going to all parts of the field. <laughs> um, I thought like Edwards won from 40 metres out and then Feltz trying to kick a penalty goal from 50 metres out and they both missed them by 10 metres. And but the then having clear setups, down in front. And do, yeah. no, oh, no, we don't need to take it just yet. And it was, yeah. And then, yeah, the charge downs and all the rest of it, an absolute mad scramble at the back end of this game. It <laughs> descended into chaos. And it all came about, again, they were, they were set up for the field goal and it went back to drink water and they forced him to run and he just danced and skipped and stepped his way to... to he beat about five or six blokes, I think, in that last yeah. play to, to oh, score I, a really, I do want to give him the really nice that. try. I think that was almost a set play. The, the run? To run. Yeah, okay. Because the way they, they switched... switched uh, it did look good. 
switched direction twice, popped back to the inside and just mm-hmm. opened them up. It was a gamble, but it felt uh, – and, and if Drinkwater did come up with that in the fly and they came up with the fly, but I, I feel like these, they were, he would have had a word and said, mate, set up, go this way. And well, look to me, with, like the first option was to kick because he did sort of shape oh, to the market, take the kick. Yeah, and, and, the, and the defenders were on mm. um, Townsend straight – was it Townsend at the first kick? Straight away. So, But, but even Drinkwater did shape to kick before he started to run, mm. I thought. But, um, yeah, as soon as the option wasn't there, he – <laughs> ran across yeah. field and just left five, four or five of them behind him. It was um, probably pretty poor reads from Penrith there at the end, actually, to let him just skip around a whole heap of them and score. And um, this big one for me was Peachy not passing to an unmarked oh, winger to yeah, score with, yeah. what, two minutes left in the game or whatever it was. That was um, yeah, a bit of a howler there from, from Tyrone, who had a pretty good game, I thought, otherwise. But um, Taruva and Lindsay Smith were probably the best... Uh, two players for Penrith, I thought. Um, Luciano and Felt were strong. In uh, Penrith's halves were actually pretty good. I thought Salmon and um, Colga both had pretty uh, some pretty good games, but mm. they just couldn't finish it off at the back end of this game. Um, Luciano and Felt had some had strong games. Drinkwater was awesome, but yeah, I thought Dean was the best player on the field when it push came to shove. Gregory. I think my biggest takeaway is the fact that the Penrith wingers could be at the top of the try scorers list. Regardless of who's in the centres for Penrith, it seems like they're almost under a directive not to pass the ball. Because it doesn't matter. You could have a three-man overlap on either wing and the centres are going to be like, nope, I'm going to run the ball and take a tackle or attempt something myself, regardless of passing the ball left or right. Particularly Peachy, yeah. But it it could be Peachy, it could be Targo. Targo does it could be as well. None of them seem to know how to pass the ball to the one guy on their outside. (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, anything else from the game? Or? No, that that was my biggest takeaway from one of it. Barney summarised it perfectly. Yeah, he, he does that uh, as a sneeze. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I have heard were... Barney's synopsises once or twice, and they seem to be fairly well on point. <laughs> uh, drink water was good. Drink water was fantastic in this game. Uh, Vinny, my old man, is banging on about. He's like, "Oh, we can target. Should we get enough drink water? Drink water. Any drink water." As a as a half, but um, his creativity is, is key to a lot of what they do, and uh, obviously the winning try. But just his hand at times where they could have converted a couple of times, uh, still was on show here. I agree with what you said about Deedon. I I liked Lindsay Smith's work throughout the game; he was fantastic. And the other, I just wanted to sort of wrap the Cowboys centers of everyone. I thought Peter Hicko had a pretty an okay defensive game. I know he had you know when you're not passing, it's a bit easier. And Zach Lay, but for a kid that's come in. Uh, looks like he's got a family bit about name. Him, he's eh? got something about him. Mm. He's and he's probably still. He looks like he's still got some filling out to do. But uh, broke uh, some tackles. Was involved in a try and uh, a couple of line busts. I thought he looks a very likely sort. Uh, and thank you. And had a lot of effort in what he did do when he was bringing the ball back. He was bringing it back at pace most of the time, which is um, you know not what not something you see out of the kids all that often. A few times they're a bit gun shy coming back into contact, but didn't seem to bother him at all. And uh, by and large, the game, I'd say probably the Cowboys forward pack almost dominated a lot of this over the pen of forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some chopping change of Hosking moved and they played front row. Uh, Fish hasn't really been at his absolute best, if we're being no. brutally honest, this year. Uh, I'm sure he'll get there. But Especially he's, the last couple of weeks. He's just getting through his motions. Uh, and Dylan Edwards had the quietest 333-metre <laughs> run game I can recall. <laughs> 
But um, he, I, I thought he'd be. Meters. Yeah, apparently 333 metres. Uh, isn't that your job? But <laughs> he, he just didn't feel involved at times. He didn't. No, he didn't. But it, a lot of that was obviously long kicks that he was returning <laughs> for 20 and 30 metre runs each time. Because he that's true. Didn't really see him breaking the line. No, or, well, in a game yeah. like this, yeah, hate to compare it, but um, they are fullbacks. But a game like this, when Parramatta turn up without their halves, Gutho touches the ball 23 times every set, and uh, Edwards just sort of chimed in when he needed. He still, he was still fine, serviceable. Mm. Uh, but after the Penrith Panthers outcry against Teddy Panthers fans outcry, and they are Panthers fans, <laughs> uh, I don't think he's necessarily been knocking the door down in any way or I'd be stamping him to play Origin. But um, on a server tool, and I've liked Tango's work since he's come back. I think he's been yeah, definitely um, outstanding, back to a real quality top-level first-grade centre. Yes, Greg? 330 run metres, that makes it the, the top run metres all year yes. by any player. Well, well, there you go. 32 runs. Because wow. the, the top... Run meter prior to this is <coughs> now currently sitting fourth. Well, Marnie ran three hundred four. Mm. Who was the Mar- other? Manu ran three hundred and eighteen, and Daniel Tupo ran two eighty seven. Was Could- Manu a record? This might be a record. It it was like, the record for this Manu year. Was but well, Manu broke a record last year? Last which, year it was he, which three, was about three seventy eight or something. Yeah, yeah. But this year, okay, apologize. It, which we're foreshadowing the Roosters game. Yeah. Uh, anything else out of this game? Well, what do you do with you? Just treat Penrith as we'll worry about it when everyone's back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what about yeah. Cowboys? They were, you know, they got flogged by sixty a couple of weeks ago. They could flog Tigers by sixty next week. Um, what are we? What do you do with them? They just well, uh, anyone back? anyone apart from the top four at this moment in time, if they're off, can get beaten by forty or fifty points. So even um, them, it's it's a tough one there. Um, I've still got them probably just at the bottom of the eight. Um, it's it's th- as I've said a couple of times now, it's just that the ladder's so tight that anything could abs- almost anything could happen by the end of the season. But you talk you'd, if you were talking about Parramatta and the Cowboys three weeks ago, you would have given them no chance. And now they're both sniffing around the bottom of the eight. Oh so. yeah, I was still bullish on Parra, but I don't know what you're saying. Mm. I, I feel like it's going to be a really tricky thing to catch to make up spots late in the year. I think once we get to the back end, people are gonna, everyone's going to beat everyone and. Uh, there's some cosy draws. Power have a cosy draw. Canberra have a cosy draw. Uh, but there's g- it's going to be hard to go from 12th to 7th, I think. I think it's... It just makes those games when you're playing the teams that are close to you even you've, more you've important now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I know we get through Origin. Penrith generally in the last two years have dropped their one or two games in this time. So you treat it as what it is. The buys yeah. this year also come into a massive factor. Yeah. Teams like the Broncos that have not well, had a buy prior to this. So if Broncos, if I was betting now and if I was a millionaire and, and was told here's a, oh, if it was a millionaire, I said he's up. doesn't matter. You'd have on a minor premiership. <laughs> of course. But uh, I do anyway. But not special on, on futures, man. I don't, I can't, I'm too lazy to, not lazy. Can't, my my ADHD uh, yes. doesn't let me sit around till September. But if you ask me who would I put money on to win the minor premiership, it would be Brisbane. Uh Back back to my point. Yeah, Cowboys, I just don't know what to do with them just yet. But they've now put a couple together. Uh, Luciano's almost match fit. Um, Tamalolo's just coming well, back into in, this side. Because they missized. Yeah. And now they've, and they've got Nano back, who's not massive, but makes Tamalolo's a difference. Tamalolo's back. Luki back. Tamalolo, uh, Luch. That's what they missed in those games. They got towered up. So. Because the, 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 their halves, let's face it, they can't really play off the back foot. 
No. I know Townsend's got a decent kicking game, but he's still, when they're under pressure, he seems to fall to pieces. Dean's a, a guy who relies on ruck speed and getting in behind the markers and causing problems there. And then you've got Drinkwater on the back of that kind of stuff who, who gets involved, especially when the, the defence is sort of um, already retreating or starting to slide and then causes problems that way. So Drinkwater does tend to go missing when they're on the back foot. Yeah, absolutely. He's not one to run it out of the backfield. No, he's not. And he's not one that's going to kick a 40-20 and turn the momentum. Exactly right. But yeah, when they're in attack, and it's not his job, in fairness, no. but uh, when they're on top, it's he can, he finds points. Uh, three points, Deedon. I agree with that. Yep. Uh, I was going to say two points, drink water. I had Cogger for two. I thought he well, was he fantastic was... in a beaten side. Okay. I thought, um, you know, he had a lot, had heaps to do with Penrith, anything that Penrith did well, and then I had drink water with the one. I'm, I'm yeah, in agreement with that. Yeah, with Barney right there. Me too. Well, one was going to be Cogger. Yep. Cut me off. So let's go with that. I had Cogger for two. Yeah, so let's go two Cogger, one to Drinky. A fine Saturday after continued with the Knights 16 going down to the Roosters 18 somehow in this game. Uh, but it was a very pleasant afternoon at the pub, finding plenty of winners for the followers of Show Us Your Tips. Not an option at 11. has got me going again, and there was plenty of others throughout the afternoon. But anyway. Good day, was it? Yeah. PCTC mm, Summer back. Comp wrapped up and declared, I don't have any one. I think Gus might have got close to winning. Mm. Uh, so check out PCTC Horse Racing in about four weeks' time. They're going to kick off their spring carnival. Mm, Barrier Trials, nice. PCTC Horse Racing on Facebook. We'll give them a plug. Good man, Gaz, who'll look after you. You jump in and tip in city in Melbourne every week, and it's a bit of, bit of fun and a bit of banter. And, um, yeah, year, spring and autumn are always a, a very good competition. Yeah. Um, it is a marathon, not a sprint, though. So. <laughs> There's... Four-month comp of the 13-week comps, very much yeah. trying to find... If yeah. you're getting involved, you'll yeah. <laughs> be prepared to do some study uh, over a few months. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah. And get up through, through those hangover Saturdays and get them in by 10 o'clock or whatever <laughs> the cut-off is. At least in spring you can sleep in. Cut-off's usually around 11.30 or 12. But anyway, uh, check that out. This game, though, is... Well, tell us the stats and then tell us how Newcastle lost. Well, we had... Three tries apiece, two out of three conversions for the Newcastle side, two out of three for the Roosters. I missed uh, no penalty attempts for the Newcastle and one out of one for the Roosters. 66% completion played 72%, 140 plus post-contact metres for the Roosters. Four line breaks to three, 32 tackle bus played 33, seven offloads to 15. A forced dropout for the Roosters, 380 tackles played 368, 14 errors to 13, four penalties conceded to three. Joey Marnie with 117 Supercoach points. Ponga with 95. Nat Butcher with 87. Yes, Joey Marnie racked up another 300 there as I get to the player stats. GT, what do you make of this? Um, Ponga being back at fullback makes a massive difference. It it really, it's hard on Lockie Miller, but Ponga is a far better fullback than he is a 5'8", as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. The Knights' ball movement. Aside from a last pass the vast majority of the time, they managed to create overlaps. They managed to find holes absolutely anywhere. They were only credited with four line breaks, but it felt like they could have had ten. Yeah, absolutely it did. It, it was the Roosters' like, scramble defence. Legitimately, I, when you said that earlier, I, I thought Bradman Best had four himself, yeah. so, but apparently he's got none. So It, <laughs> it was only the Roosters' scramble defence that actually managed to hold them in this game and somehow win it. They, they could have lost by 30 by the end of this. As as I was saying earlier, the Dylan Edwards run metres was 
the new season high, but there was also another two in this game, which was Joey Manu. Manu hasn't done it this year, sorry. (laughs) Who managed 318, and Daniel Tupo got 287, which both beat Carraz's former, which was 270. I I don't know how the Knights managed to lose this. They were on top in virtually every aspect of the game, but just a last pass or a scrambled tackle ended up. Execution's just a, a big thing, and it's become more of a thing in our look at what well, we talk about the Tigers, even to a lesser extent, the Bulldogs. The Knights are now in a spot over this, uh, and Jackson Hastings, uh, unfortunately, for better or worse, is, is one of them. Mm. But being able to finish field position and being able to capitalise on, on what you're doing, you've got to execute. The big one in this one for mine was, um, it was probably this whole weekend, which probably made the games feel um, not as... You know, competitive not or polished, really. not even as exciting as they probably were at different times. It's the errors that the, um, that are being made at the end of sets, uh, yeah. at the end of a play. So the ball gets out to the centres and then somehow between the centre and the winger, they manage to fuck up a three-on-two overlap and the ball hits the ground or goes into touch or, you know, that, that kind of stuff, which you consistently saw in every, pretty much every game this weekend. Um, Sharks did it a few times. I know even Parramatta when they gave... Manly, a, a pretty good touch-up. They they bombed a couple of tries out there wide yeah. as well. Newcastle probably had three or four clear-cut opportunities to score tries in the first half, and they only managed to get out with one. And that was probably the real big difference in this game. Um, also, their middle defence was fucking deplorable at times in this game. <laughs> the, the, the Roosters went through the middle of of the Knights probably five or six times in the space of about ten minutes, which led to two, two tries. Um one for Butcher and one Manu. I was gonna say, one for and Manu. it wasn't even the big boys. It was no. uh, the the Butcher brothers and Manu carved in the middle. Manu. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, there were just massive gaps, and all it was was an inside pass that just seemed to pull the defence apart. And they, they did tidy that up in the second half, which led to them coming well back into the game. And they again, they probably had three or four real clear cut chances to score tries in the second half. And managed to put two of them away, and it just wasn't enough at the end of the day. But the Roosters were getting carved out wide as well. <laughs> Every yeah, time the ball seemed awful. to get past the um, the second row slash halves, Newcastle were just making massive yeah. meters. Um, there was three or four runaway breaks that they managed. To, the Roosters managed to track them down and just pull them down short of the line, or force an error and, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's. Um, the middle of the the Newcastle middle defence really cost them this game, I thought. Yeah, and well, it's a it's a common theme with with teams in this comp. It's either they they've got no middle mm. or they've got no halves, uh, and the teams that have both are running top five. Simple as that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been crying for Roosters to straighten up and play direct all year. They finally did. So from that point of view, it's an improvement. Uh, losing Kiri's and you showed that Tanner Smith was okay. I think he'll be I fine. I thought he was good. He, he will. Good. Um, mm. He's got something to offer. Uh, I hope they stick with him for a little bit and give him a chance. What I would be doing now? I don't think they've got any option now. <laughs> it's it's time for me. Uh, for me, it's time to pull a t- tr- 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 trigger, as I say, uh, or as Elmer would say, uh, and and move Teddy to six and keep Manu at one. Get well, they tried. They tried Manu, didn't they? And it hasn't worked. Hasn't worked. So but no. try Teddy there. Teddy's still got that short kicking game. At his best. And running He's around in circles is probably bombs. not the worst thing for us. And you get him closer to the ball. <laughs> Some of them. He's going to make three hit-ups every, you know, when they're struggling, he's going to make yeah, two or three hit-ups every put his head anyway. down so and run at someone. put him in the line yeah. and let Marnie have a bit more free space. I know it's not, you know, it, 
they won't, but I think maybe it's time to try that, see what you get out of him. You, you know. It'll be Hutchinson and um, the young fella. Yeah, which has concerns. Um, they, they were, their edges were deplorably bad at times, uh, to the point in the first uh, in the first half here, uh, where they not the first half, second half where they were defending, but a bit of both. Uh, they looked like they were wooden spooners mm. when the Knights' edges were tearing apart. Brabham Best, uh, in fairness, has had a really good month. I yes. said to you earlier. Mm. He, um, and so is Gay Guy. He's which back I to think his best form. A bit unnoticed. And Gay Guy ten tackle bus. He was re- I think he got man of the match last week for us, or he was close to it. Uh, he's looking. No, he didn't. But, um, <laughs> we talked about him. That's for sure. We didn't. We didn't. I've deleted uh, that information. And now. Ponga going back there was a key to their attack. And that, the, from all that point of view, the back five looks great. They'll get Marzu back this week, which will help. With, with <laughs> if he doesn't miss the bus again, mixed text message or whatever happened there. Um, I think he went It's out. a very dangerous. Yeah, got himself a little dusty and yeah. missed the bus. <laughs> but that becomes a very dangerous back five, and. It's just uh, they've just got to firm up that centre. And you get Frizzell back, you know, we're not necessarily they're going to knock any doors down, but they will beat some of those lesser teams. Uh, it was just uh, – it comes back to what I said earlier. The execution cost them the game. They finish this. They pop the pass at the right time. They win the game 24-30 to 18. Roosters held on. Roosters won. Uh, kudos to them. Uh, Joey Manu at fullback, fantastic. A solo try. Plenty of tackle bus, I want to say. Felt like it. I just want to make sure if someone was going to say no, he only made four. <laughs> but I'm just looking now. Uh, yeah, or seven. Um, Tupo back, clean finisher. It's And Tupanua, good again. Tupanua was good uh, until his knee fell off. Is he okay? I haven't heard actually. <laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't heard. No. Uh, back from an ACL. But him, he was probably the most likely at times, I thought. I was expecting, yeah, as, as you said, I was expecting the Knights for the last 20 minutes of this game just to run over the Roosters and cause they were causing all sorts of problems out wide. But um, they, it, just the, the errors on the end of their plays just really let them down time and time again. Um, Roosters' scramble was pretty good at times as well, but um, Adam Elliott was pretty strong, I thought, for, for the Newcastle team. Uh, young Dylan Lucas made 50-odd tackles, 52 tackles, I think it was, and was probably the best of the, the Newcastle forwards. Um, in attack, uh, it was Gay Guy and Ponga were the two guys that were really causing problems for, for the Roosters out on the, on the edges, on one on each side, and they were, they were carving them up at times. But uh, Crichton and Nathaniel White had... Pretty good games, I thought, for the Roosters in the middle of the field. Um, Turpin, again, has had another good game. He's a good player. He's been playing some, um, you know, solid, f- without pulling teams apart. He's been very solid in there since um, Cheese went down Actually, with his injury. Tri- remember Trolls, he played 5-8? He played 5-8 or half? Mm. He might end up there next week. Quite possibly, yeah. Um, both the Butcher boys were fantastic. They were close to the best players on the field. Nat had a day out moving into the front row. I don't know if you really want to move into the front row and have your best game of the season. <laughs> because you might end up <laughs> You're not going to move there for a while. <laughs> but, um, and um, Tupu was awesome as well. I thought he did a really good job out in the wing. But, uh, yeah, Barney was phenomenal. Anything else? What are no. these? This is just a this is a bottom four game played by bottom four teams. And <laughs> it looked that way. And the loser should have won. How are we doing? Three Manu? Absolutely. Yeah. Two Ponga? Mm-hmm. And where do you feel like you're going to throw out someone random? At the end? Isn't that Butcher for me? Oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. And one to Butcher. There's GT up spreadsheets on the fly over there. <laughs> spreadsheets on the fly. Uh, the Eels, 30, 34-4, Parramatta over the Seagulls. 
They owned the Sea Eagles. Kicking myself. It wasn't over them. They should have won by 60. I, uh, yeah, they should have. And, geez, I was angry at myself for even tipping the Sea Eagles <laughs> because I said, I did say all my final words in the tipping show, most likely Gutho will just be Gutho and tear him apart. Guess what? Gutho was Gutho when he tore him apart. But what does that say? <laughs> does that give you half a point? Or? Yeah, yeah, of course it does. Okay, cool. <laughs> six, <Actually tries>. six. <laughs> six tries to Parramatta, one to Manly. Five out of six conversions played zero out of one. Crystal. <laughs> he had 79% completion, played 66%. 812 running metres and 208 post-contact metres. Plus for the Parramatta side, six line breaks to four, 42 tackle busts to 12. <laughs> 13 offloads to six. No, just Greg. Greg is getting crystal eats on the fly here. Mate, the heat is on. Two force dropouts to one. What are you doing? 249 tackles played 367. 12 errors to 14. Six penalties conceded from both teams. One ruck infringement for Parramatta. Four against the Manly side. One inside the 10 from both teams. And a sin bin from both sides. Gutherson with 132 supercoach points, Hopgood with 101, and Simmonson with 92. Oh, and Tui Palutu was the best of the manly side on 64. Good on him. <laughs> Good on I, him. I, I don't understand the manly team. They do my head in. They either have the most fearsome forward back in the comp one week and they don't exist for three weeks. Mm-hmm. They look like world beaters one week and then they pull out this. Absolute uh, rocks and diamonds. They are the definition of rocks and they're diamonds. They're just schizophrenic. Like, there's no <laughs> else just... <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like, they're, they're awful. Like, admittedly, here. they're missing their two best players. Yeah, but you don't get beat by, by, third, by what should have been 50, missing two blokes. Paseca did do fairly well. He was the only one, however. He was Pretty the much. only one, however. Yeah. Uh, I Well, Josh Schuster wants 900 a year or whatever he wants, 1.2 of them a year. In a game like this... Isn't his job to own this game? Wouldn't mm. wouldn't a one point two million dollar player own this game? At least Sorry, create a tryout, dude. But he, he lo- I don't know. Ask Luke he, Brooks. He's now. Ne- well, shut up. <laughs> well, here we are, and and, he, and then we've just signed the fucking recruitment manager. So who here is Mr. Fulton recruited? That's just I sound like Johnny now from the pub. <laughs> Sorry guys, is, my bad. Uh, who is Scott Fulton recruited? That's a world beater. It, but um, Schuster now has just turned into Luai. Inside ball, hit ball. Uh, get caught in the sixth. It's like, oh my god! But he's slower. He's slower than Lloyd. Lloyd's always got better footwork. Mainly, uh, we're competitive for about two and a half minutes in this game. <laughs> 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 That's the long and the short of it. They, <laughs> they're probably as as we said, lucky not to be beaten by fifty or sixty in this one. Um, and it was Ko Weeks' brain explosion that just opened the game up. Yeah, just sticking an arm out when there was, you know, they may have possibly scored a try, but. Like, there's no reason for you to stick your arm out and hit a bloke with your shoulder on the no. try line and to try and stop him getting through. You just let him go through and score the try. He gets sent off for 10 minutes and Parra put on two tries straight after that and then continued to score tries every five or 10 minutes after that. They managed to mainly managed to get one somehow, but um, I don't, can't remember it being from any sort of scintillating game, game management or there's someone doing anything spectacularly good, so... It was in a, in a game with no halves. The Parramatta, the the I was more disappointed in Jake Arthur and Schuster than yes, absolutely. Yeah, because that should have been their chance to. Arthur should have. He, I don't even recall his kicking game being anywhere near first grade standard. Started this. okay for uh, about ten or fifteen but, minutes, uh, and then Schuster doesn't have quickly. one. Mm. Um, but when you have Gutho, and let's piss in Gutho's pocket for a second uh, sure. for all the people that hate him, and 
lots of people about <laughs> Paraffin Tatum. But he just owned this game. He just said, oh, I'm involved. I'm the best player in the field and um, everyone can follow me. And stamped it. That When he scored, like, you could see it coming. He's done it like three times but in the last two it, weeks, hasn't you just he? See, you just go, Gutho's <laughs> going to score here. Dive out of dummy half. Yeah, score. but like, like when they made the break and you saw Gutho as the support player, you said Gutho will score. And there, and he like he just he knows when to pick his spots. He tries when he gets involved. He makes his outside backs look better. He always he makes his halves look better at their best because he creates that extra person when they are in a team. Are we right? Oh, apparently um the postman's here, but uh, as a as a mute Barney, they. Oh, the concerning thing for me was how um, easily the middle defence for Manly was pulled apart. Like there was the the try yeah, from Gutherson who exactly. just dumped out a dummy half. Um, Hopgood just absolutely walked past two blokes and then put, <laughs> pushed another one on his ass before he scored his try. Um, and yeah, you've seen Manly get opened up on the edges, which happened in this game as well. But um, I don't think I've seen their middle just fall apart as as badly as they did in this game. And um, yeah. <laughs> Parramatta really should have won by more points, absolutely. Um, How soft has Olukowatu been in the last month? His defence is... He's a shadow of last year. Yeah, well, He's that a shadow was the, of the first four rounds. That like, was a start, wasn't it? His oh. defence and then the one where he, where he fell off. Ogden and yeah. he's tried yeah. to strip the ball four metres off the line and then yeah. managed to fall off the tackle yeah. completely and yeah, just like, let's score he, the first try. Surely it's the sole reason he's not playing for New South Wales. Cause you would imagine so. Yeah. He doesn't have a great defensive output anyway, but he's got to, you've got to be holding blokes like that up when you're he's, his size. He's not running under the ball the way he was either, so I, I'm not yeah. sure if he's carrying an injury or what's going on there. But um, And Sivo's missed kick, or was it a proper chip? Or <laughs> He'll claim it was a proper <laughs> chip. <laughs> try at the end of the game. <laughs> he was trying to chip it. Yeah. I'm not sure it went where he went. <laughs> it went where it needed the to go. But was it was the exact yeah. plan that he had. Exactly. There were some great Sivo moments in this game, actually. Uh, his treadmill moment where he made a break and uh, he knew he was done about four metres into it. Four uh, steps after. No, yeah. you know what? It's all right. Uh, Hopgood was fantastic. So he mm. threw the middle, but he was in the right spot, as he always is. Uh, was strong and uh, always looked dangerous. So perhaps flattered by what Manly produced. Greg, what do you make of this? Um, field position was a big thing. I think this Par- was the most. Sorry to cut you off. You're right. I th- go on, you're going to say the stat, aren't you? <laughs> Parramatta had a hundred tackles in Manly's half and sixty-eight within their attacking twenty. That that's going to win you every game of footy you could possibly play, unless you're the Tigers. Uh, and <laughs> but I think that was the record for recent times. Yeah. Um, there's a question mark over the stripping the ball when tr- attempting to score. Gutho stripped the ball in this game. And it was play on. In the Knights game, that was a penalty. Virtually identical situations, but a completely different ruling. I was furious about it because t- I ranted about it two weeks ago when Reese Walsh did it three, whatever it was. Reese Walsh did it to Yo, and uh, they ruled it a penalty because it wasn't in the scoring position. Yep. As Reese Walsh said, well, if I just fall away, he's scoring. Like, yep. If he stands there, he scores. So what, yeah. It should just be over the line. If you're over the tr- touch line or the try line. That's exactly what it should be. Yeah. Yep. Simple as that. Don't don't try and fucking black and grey it. Just say if you're over the touch line, you could be stripped. Manly were on the back foot the vast, vast majority of the game. They they had absolutely no no forward momentum. Schuster completely went missing in the first half. As, as I said, and for a, a guy who claims to want 900 to 1.2, absolutely not. 
And there were only two Manly players who actually ran for over 100 metres, and that was Tuapolo and Paseca. Wow. Talk about getting owned. And they won't even look like getting them out of trouble. No. No. But for for a team that, for the vast majority of the time, prides themselves on their pack, they just completely went missing. Paseca was really the only one who actually had any sort of impetus. Aside from that, they might as well have not existed. Kepi tried hard, but yeah. there so was nothing. So did Bullymore. Yeah. He was another one that did did some work, but yeah, didn't really have any impact on the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Fainu, after we wrapped him, uh, just existed, I suppose. Um <laughs> I, I think when Turbo's not there, they've just got to back Garrick at fullback and see if he can get up to the Joey Manu thing and try and get him running 150, 160 metres as uh, GT scoffs down a quarter pounder in my face. <laughs> uh, anything else from this game, though? What, like, what else you take from this? Uh, Simerson was good. The outside backs are all pretty, pretty good. good. Penn and Sini Simerson were both very good in this the game. Makeshift halves went okay. And um, the halves are fine. Yeah. Um, uh, and and Maddo, I think, was a 5'8 coming, growing up, so... I thought Andrew Davey and um, Brennan Hands were pretty good. I thought they were probably even more than good, to be honest. Uh, they, they had a bit of an impact on this match. Ogden only played 30-odd minutes, but he was really good in the time he spent out there. Um, and Simonson, you, you mentioned 200-plus running metres, a couple of tries. Yeah, it was the Gutho show again. I didn't mind um, <coughs> Luke, some of the stuff Luke Moretti did either. I thought mm. he has something like, I hate to say, him and Hands offer more than... Hodgson. Yeah, absolutely. And we haven't seen Josh Fry. Is an alleged injury or is he actually injured? I haven't heard it, but... Yeah, not sure. If he's just having a timeout, then... I think it might be a smother. He, he might be yeah. untimed out soon. But uh, <laughs> medical retirement incoming. Better team for it. Uh, RCG, that was his second game, wasn't it? He was... You know, Pretty quiet. What do you say about yeah. him? Like, but the, the forwards didn't have to no. do much. So no. uh, he, There's no point even running through them apart from Ogden, who had a good game. Mate, probably good. his best first game of Hopgood first grade. Hopgood was brilliant. Oh, yeah. So, so three to Gutho, two to Hopgood, yep. one to Simonson. Yep. Absolutely. Sweet. Exactly what I had. <laughs> oh, how easy is footy? <clears throat> uh, try just ask try my, picking it. Just ask my statistician. 28-6, the Tigers got beat by the Storm <laughs> at Campbelltown. Highlighted by the Alex Twile try breaking 117-game drought. Drought? Drought. Drought, drought. <laughs> What? My brain just went. Again. <laughs> my brain just went. Don't say You're drought, brown. and I said drought. Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking hell! Well polished machine, this podcast. Whatever Absolutely. stats. <laughs> one try for the Tigers, six for the Storm. One out of one conversions played. Two out of six. Meanie left his boots at home. Uh, he's kicking boots at least. Seventy-two percent completion Nick. played. Seventy-nine percent. One hundred and forty-two plus running meters and ninety-nine plus post contact meters for the Melbourne side. Four line breaks to three, 39 tackle bus played 21. 17 offloads for the Tigers, seven for the Storm. One force dropout for the Storm, 373 tackles played 299. 12 errors to 10, three penalties from both sides, one ruck infringement against both sides, and an inside the 10 against the Storm. Warbrick with 138 supercoach points, Bloor with 92, and Jerome Hughes with 86. You can look at me, aren't you, Barney? <laughs> <laughs> One of the first times I think you probably ended up on the the losing side of the of the middle of the ruck, mm. um, only slightly, but um, you know it took the storm a little while to. Obviously, it was pretty neck and neck there for a big part of the game, but um, by the end of it, I think um, Nelson with some of his explosive runs and a, a few of his mates in Josh King and and the likes probably Josh took King over. Fantastic. Josh King, sorry, probably took over in the middle of the field. Um, I thought the Melbourne probably should have won by more. They. They stripped you a few times and didn't come away with points, but um, 
they were a bit hit and miss with their attack, but when it was on, it was fantastic, especially when they got out to that Warbrick edge and exposed that one however many times that the, <laughs> that left-hand edge for the Tigers has been exposed this year. Um, what have they done out there? They seem to have made, made a bit up. of a so mess of it. Simply what they've done is they had two great edges. They had two great edges because Puppy was over there. They've moved him to the right. They've moved Bait into the middle. They brought Bloor in. Uh, and not necessarily... Uh, bring someone in and here it is. Press buttons now. and Be like a producer and shit. Um, <laughs> what so they've moved Bait to the middle, which I was calling for a month ago. But now I've seen an action... I don't like it. It I understand why they've done it because they need some creativity. Mm-hmm. But all it's done is expose two edges now, uh, particularly that left edge because they've brought Bloor in and he had, Bloor actually probably had his best game of first grade. I'd say, apart from um, apart from if you include the game where he flogged um, Nathan Brown a couple of times, but they've moved him so they've exposed him. They've moved Stafford Tower. And they've just had a whole new edge. It just yeah. I think Tower doesn't not having really Tower out there doesn't help. Yeah, but between the, like I would now be looking to put they were, they were building something and building something very exciting, and now they've stripped it out in, inter, in other interests, and understand that through necessity. But it's it's massively exposed. Tigers are awful there last week, uh, and they're awful again here. Uh, as I reckon, they would have conceded all their points or well, four tries here last week. Most of their points were through that as well through Brooks and Bloor. And uh, Talao, I know I know they're at the bottom of the barrel with injuries and stuff, but I I would put Bateman out there because there was the times the Tigers looked uh, most likely were Tigers had their chance here where they they could have scored points after that trial try. They're on top for about ten minutes. I was going to mention that yeah they they, and, they had um, more opportunities and, than what they and, cashed in on. But again, there was a Wakeham kick into a leg that led to points. There was a an intercept that uh, was wrapped up downfield. There was a, some shitty kicks. There was a court in the last. Um, if Jerome Hughes was playing for the Tigers, I think at halftime the Tigers probably lead this game. Mm-hmm. But um, they had a world-class halfback and we'd have zero halfbacks. They um, – Bateman – the other problem with Bateman in the middle is, God bless him, he tries his ass off. He still works his ass but he's not big enough to bust. Uh, he's not necessarily Yael Murray who can do that stuff in the middle and make the half breaks. Yep. He's 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 best Better stuff. Off he's than Harbs and he's running over yep. a half or a, or getting outside Bradman best or something like that, as opposed to trying to run out, run through the middle, two props yeah. and and pop a ball. Uh, and that's both defensively and in attack. We've lost that. You've lost Star, and obviously now Harves. Uh, that all being said, as Melbourne do, their execution when it was at their best was good. Mm-hmm. Hughes was great. Uh, Peze was good. Like his Peze's actually someone the Tigers could probably look at. Like if you're looking at how you're going to solve this issue, which I'll get your thoughts on later, and because it's my masturbatory ten minutes of um, podcasting, <laughs> uh, we get to that. But uh, they were well exposed. They were just outclassed. I thought the efforts from a lot of them was fine. Like I said, Bloor at his best game. If he's in the shop window, someone will pick him up. Uh, I love Talon De Silva's twenty minutes. I think he's got something to offer. He's fast. His execution was very good. I think he only missed one tackle in the, you know, 20 or so he made. And uh, he's very exciting for an 18-year-old. Uh, there's there, there's enough good – they're just such a frustrating team. There's enough good things we go, there's something there, but there's nothing there. And they're going to run last. So what do you say? Greg? I think it's a lot of the, the lesser acknowledged effort areas that cost the Tigers 
what on earth was Naden doing during the Bradley oh, no, try? No. Yeah, he was standing right there, could have grabbed the ball, could have grounded the ball, could have done absolutely anything. Instead, he watched it. Yeah. That cost you six points right there. Um, Isaiah Papali'i ran for nearly 200 metres and had 40 tackles. You really can't mu- ask much more of the guy. He's been fa- he, he really has awesome. been fantastic last since he's back to his happy side, but yeah. And possibly my takeaway is Adam G smiling from ear to ear after <laughs> the twelve try. You you know when even the ref is smiling, that that player scoring meant something. Yeah, it, it's been so built up for so long that we even started the show with it, and it's not purely because <laughs> the so-called producer happens to be a tragic. Yeah, I guess we had. He was very good in this game too, Twiley. But I think maybe they shut up shop after that. A couple of guys you probably didn't mention. I thought Simpkins was good for the majority of the time he was out there. He has been good. Yes, absolutely. Even though Talon did look good coming in to replace him, he he did a good job out there when he was out there. Um, You mentioned Bloor and Papali. They were probably the best for the Tigers. Um, Josh King. And Baller was good again. I know if you look at the super coach spectrum, but he was. It's the same four blokes every week. Well, him and Stafford Toll were the best of an average back seven, like including your halves. They, they were probably the two better players out of those seven guys that were out on the field. Um, Josh King, Nelson Asofa Solomona and Kamikamika were really good uh, for, for Melbourne and they were their best forwards. But in a fair way, Meany did the job, so did Seve. But um, yeah, the, it was <laughs> Warbrick's night out. <laughs> he just absolutely cashed in. He's been getting better week on week and um, absolutely cashed in on some, some slick backline movements and four tries. <laughs> it be a night he won't forget for a while. That edge was so – like, he was, untu- <laughs> he was just un- – but he was untouched in, like, three of them. Yeah. It was just – Jumping over two po for his other one. Yeah, it was atrocious. It was atrocious. Um, yeah, how do you put this all together? What do you say, Bar? I'll give Warbrick's Warbrick night out three. Three. Warbrick the three. I, I had, had Hughes for two. I had Papa Lee for two. Yep. I thought Papa Lee was fantastic, as you mentioned, 200-odd running metres and 40-odd tackles. King one. And then I had Hughes or Bloor for one. Mm. I thought Bloor in a beaten team was fantastic also. Well, he, the, the most points. likely we looked when he smashed through the middle and he did make a couple of very, very strong breaks. Um, and, yeah, you've got Jerome Hughes and um, Josh uh, King. I thought Josh King he, was, he was outstanding uh, on the other side. And Hughes, like I said, probably a difference at times, but... Um, I wouldn't disagree. It wasn't where I was going, but I wouldn't disagree with Bloor. What do you think? I give it to Hughes. I'd stick with Hughes. Yeah, give it to Hughes. That's fine. They did Bl- win by. Bloor's 30. an honourable mention. They did win by. Uh, honourable <laughs> mention. Uh, I think now the Tigers need to. If they can't get Ben Hunt, they need to look at a Pezet or a Braden Trindle or a Toby Sec. Like they've got to go somewhere, or an Aiden Caesar or a fucking Blake Austin. Big Blake Austin <laughs> to come back for a year. Blake Austin would would have been all right in this. Well, the Blake Austin I remember. Been a while. What else do you say? You Move come on. over and play like Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kid yourself. <laughs> what else? What, what else? Yeah, exactly. God bless you, Blake. And it wrapped up as we've uh, executed Labrador extermination. No extermination. <laughs> Labrador. Labrador. Uh, Removal. Extraction. Extraction. <laughs> extraction. Duty. Uh, wrapped up 48-10. The Bulldogs decided that their middles again didn't need to turn up, and the Sharks. Scored lots of points. <coughs> and eight tries to two, seven out of eight conversions played, one out of two for the Dogs, one out of one penalty attempts for the Sharks. 74% completion played, 78%, 649-plus running metres and 150-plus post-contact metres for the Sharks. 
10 line breaks to 3, 57 tackle busts to 34, 5 offloads to 10. A force dropout from Cronulla, 274 tackles played 329, 13 errors from Cronulla, which they like to do week after week, 8 from the Dogs. Three penalties conceded to seven, two ruck infringements to one. Uh, didn't get the Supercoach points, actually. Anyone who got them? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I got it. Normally just do the top three. Well, top three, we got Nico with 129, one. Cameron McInnes with 104, Brake Braley with 77. What was the best of the dogs? And then there's another four before you get down to Kyle Flanagan with 70. Yeah, good on him. He's actually quite good in this game, I thought. Yeah, tell us about it. Considering he's been out for a while, um, mm. Sharks won the middle of the middle of the field for the entirety of the game. Realistically, except for probably there the was last, no middle of the field. Except the last, for the Sharks. 10, last ten minutes or so, the Sharks had blocked <laughs> off. Sharks clocked off with twenty to go, so the the, do- the dogs got a little bit of work to do there. But um, after about fifteen minutes, it was just a procession of Sharks forwards that were just lining up to score next to the post. It was about it was a four forward scored in the space of about fifteen or twenty minutes, mm-hmm. I think, just crashing over next to the post, running directly at Reed Marnie, and then once they bounced off him, they were hoping that the guy next to him couldn't tackle, and it seemed to be a pretty consistent <laughs> outcome where the bloke next to him couldn't tackle. So um, yeah. awesome for my multi when uh, yes, I only needed the other one, but it, no, I, uh, <laughs> which I one were you? I needed Talakai. He only dropped the ball about seven times. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's classed as twice. <laughs> you watched the game as well as I did. You saw that bloke drop the ball fucking more than twice. That was like last week. That's like when last week when Tino had no missed tackles and I, I watched with my own face. Um, <laughs> Jerome Buller push him off, <laughs> make him sit yeah. on his ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, sorry, bonus thing. Why the fuck is Shane Warne bowling off spin in this stupid, shitty looking I have no TV idea. drama? <laughs> sorry, carry on. <laughs> uh, best performance of the forward pack for the Sharks this year But yeah, they were definitely flattered by a, a Bulldogs middle That was m- basically non-existent for a big part of this match um, Way too many errors from the Sharks again when spreading the ball wide um, I don't know if Talakai's just got to focus on catching it and just running himself Or just yep. try to pass it straight away <laughs> Because anything else he seems to do in between those two things, it just causes all sorts of problems and the the attack breaks down out there. Moylan threw two or three forward passes, balls that hit the ground. It got it got pretty messy out on that left edge where Mulatano probably should have scored three or four tries just been put away by better passes and um, yeah, there's someone actually doing their job properly out on that left edge. But um, I thought the young uh, Morin... Yeah, Kurt brave. Moran yeah, was actually good. quite good when he came off the bench, there, played fifty odd minutes, and it's a little had bit a like the, the most likable players from the t- from the dogs were all the young kids. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Reed, Reed, I don't want to say he doesn't look like he wants to be there, but he's he's been flogged for the last month. He gets he's beat still up still one of their week. better players. <laughs> he tries very hard, but it was he does get bounced off a lot. Hazelton yeah. made a particular point of just running straight at him every time mm. he got the ball. Uh, Pengai so was yeah. Um, ultimately, if you as a Bulldogs, you know, there's always hope that, oh, that Bulldogs are a top eight team at the start of the year, which we never really bought into. But if you were said by round 16 that they, their front, their forward pack would be Patalo, Pengai, Ockenball, Preston and Rajab, mm. there are serious issues. I know there's injuries, but you're only really missing what Kiko and Thompson. Um, there's another couple of obvious ones that I can't think of. But they've got – if they think – Crichton's a big band-aid here or Ben Hunt's a big band-aid here. If they get him, 
they, there's, they need to strip this out from the top to the bottom. They need two or three forwards. Absolutely. Well, that's a, that should be the starting Minimum. point. Mm. You can get kick uh, kick out fit. That's a that's a big plus. Um, Thompson, not so, not sure. They reckon he won't play again this year. He looked so at him last year. He, he wasn't making dents anywhere. They, they'll probably release him, to be honest, by the end of the year. Wasn't really causing many problems in the middle for him. Um, well, they're starting to get a pretty decent stacked up back line there that can um, do some things. At the, I would imagine next year there will be some points in this team, but if they've got no go forward, they're going to get belted by a if the majority Ball's of the top In the shop window, he's not the worst to go yeah, and get now. Absolutely. But they need, yeah, that's... They needed probably at least two front rowers and a back rower. Um, Jacob Preston was their best again, all close to their Flanagan. Him, yeah. him and Flanagan, Flanagan were the two best players for the Bulldogs. And Jacob Preston's been turning it out week after week since his debut. Yeah. He's been, um, he is a godsend for this team, and he's someone that they really need to build their pack around. Get another worker like him on the other edge, and then a couple of big guys in the middle to do some work for him. But um, yeah, they were very disappointing for sixty minutes of this game, and. They really only looked any uh, that much better because the Sharks had pretty much packed up shop and were just making sure no one was getting hurt before the, before yeah. the end of this game. So, anything here, Greg? With all the issues with with the dogs' middle, it was actually the the outside that that had the majority of missed tackles. I'm just looking at the stats now, and Alamotti mm. and and Oluwapu both missed seven, as well as Curtis Moran and Reed Mahoney missed six, but. That was not really a shock with everybody running over the top of him. Yeah, Alamoni's. So, um, I swear they don't class tackles when they score a try as being a missed tackle. No, as long as they're <laughs> no. on to pants or something. Alamoni Al- has been. I'll say it. He's been disappointing. Yeah. Um, from where he, the Spruik and from where he came from, mm-hmm. from where he thought even after a couple of games in the trials where we thought he'd be, he's he's kind of a couple of decent well, games. He's well, really good at the it, start of the year. Yeah, well, it speaks for itself. They're happy. To, they're, they're trying to get offload him. And you're now. comparing yeah. him to someone like Caraz, who's been you know played a lot more better games than. Um, I feel like Caraz is still only on like one. Caraz is struggling. He's no. not. And even Avarillo is um out he's on one him leg and he's still topped the run meters for the dogs. Yeah. And yeah, Avarillo's um even outplayed. Alamotti and there was a lot of talk from Bulldogs fans last year. I remember trying to get rid of, um, trying to get rid of Avarillo. So. Mm. <laughs> no, Flanagan was good. Um, yeah. To your point, we just we'll touch on Bulldogs. We'll spend some time here because um, we're very quick to. We talk a lot about when our teams get beat, but the dogs themselves, they, I think they're, they're, they're almost onto something with Flanagan off the bench. Oh well, he was playing half here, he but he, spent, half. he did spend time at dummy half. We scored and. Uh, was proactive in that, uh, and he, he did throw an intercept to Teller too. He got hit a couple Ramian, of times to Ramian. Ramian yeah. Yeah. But um, he was more than serviceable. He was, I think he, he's fine. Um, to be honest, it's what we said a year ago, he probably should just go to England and win Man of Steel and come back a different player. <laughs> come back and every, everyone forgets once you go there and look like a superstar. Um, the rest is easy to burn down. Crichton's not going to save this team. Kigar's not going to save this team. They need to start over. They're they're five years away, and it's a big job for Sorolo to go and do that. Can't say what else we can say positive about it. They've got Max King. Max King has almost been a shadow of himself for the last month as well. Yeah, been nowhere near as good as he was at the start of the year. Um, he had a decent performance in this one, but um, he didn't have anybody really going with him apart from <laughs> Young Preston in the forward pack. Um, wrap some sharkies now, so they're back on track. Well, yeah. they they won. Uh, Michael Innes was declaring him a top four team. I'm, I'm not sold, but uh, Nico took ten minutes, fifteen minutes to get going. 
and then once he got into his stride, I think it all, you know, he was on the field and it got back into it and he was in a bit of headspace and off he went. Um, flattered with the run meet, he was a couple of intercepts, but or a couple of deflected balls and that sort of thing. But by and large, his judgment, his ability to take it to the line made everyone around him look good and that's his job, so... Absolutely. Uh, the forwards look like superstars in this game, even though they all only played about <laughs> half an hour each. <laughs> they were just running over the top of people at will. Ueli, um, Wilton and Braley were, were good in the middle of the field. Hazleton was really good. He was only out there for about 18 minutes, yeah. but he had tackle busts and he was continually... Well, same as Williams. Continually, yep. he was the next one I was going to mention. <laughs> <laughs> but he was continually sticking his uh, his nose through the line and, ta- and dragging players with him and you know picking up that extra five post-contact metres every time, pretty much every time he touched the ball. Williams, you, you mentioned he had a, a nice line break there where he just cut him open and ran 30 metres or whatever it was down the field. And then you get back to the same blokes week after week. Uh, Nakora and McGuinness were fucking fantastic. They they played really good in this game. McGuinness probably had his best game is for a long time. The more is this isn't the Ford pack the dogs are needed to play right now because they're that mobile Ford pack that's going to bury in the line, try and uh, small a bit smaller... When you've got no middle, they're a bit smaller. They're going to be just as big as who they're facing, but have that better leg speed. And as soon speed, as the line gets bent, um, start bending, and then you pop, 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 yeah. and you're in a world of trouble. Uh, and and to be honest, maybe the Bulldogs have been flattered in those last couple of losses where they should have lost by this. But the Ford packs, the middle held because it couldn't get completely blown away. Slower. This was yeah. the right one to do it. Yeah, no, I think you're right there. Um, and then, yeah, who else do you mention apart from Nico? Well, he was, he was nice the guy things, that put everything yeah. apart. Kennedy chimed you in there too. Apart. Kennedy did have some some really nice touches, but again, he seems to go missing for big parts of the game for mine. Yeah. Um, he'll come in and have really nice, two really nice interjections in the back line, and then you won't see him for 20 minutes. So. He doesn't really have anything unless it's... The sweet play. Re- retrieving, yeah. retrieving the ball from a kick or the sweet play as at. you're on the trial yeah. line. We, we were really flattered by the fact that there was absolutely no forward pack for the Dogs. Last week compared to this week, it was purely based on who we were up against. Yeah. The, the result was an entire world away. We should have won by 60, but completely shut the door when it came to 20 minutes to go. But again, being there firsthand and watching the absolute demolition at the hands of the Storm last week, comparative to this week... And as saying we're a top four team is almost laughable, and I wish it wasn't, but it it all comes to our opponents. We're probably a gatekeeper to the eight, and not much better at this stage. Thanks, David. It's me, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Play, playing a team that's holding up the bottom of the table and putting 48 points on them, winning by 38, it, it's a remarkable difference to actually playing a team that yeah. has their shit together. Yeah, absolutely. The only good thing is uh, that... I do think we're still going to be competitive against most of the teams that do have their shit together. And except like last week was an exception to the rule. There's barely been a game where we've been dominated for the majority of, of the game. So, um, yeah, I think we'll still be competitive. We'll be sniffing around the four, but I, I, I do see we're, we're definitely not a definite top four no. prospect. We, we also didn't have the half an hour that we customarily do where we can't hold a ball, give away penalties every 30 seconds. That's this, true. this was a game where we absolutely switched off for the last twenty, but there was no outright stupidity, which we're yeah. But the good part do. about the errors were, as you say, there were more uh, attempting to pull apart defenses and spread the ball, trying with, to force the issue. You know, that's right, trying to force the ball and try try to score points where the errors came, rather than just 
the ball being dropped in the middle of the field yeah. and turning it over at your own end and just giving the other team field position. So, GT, as a as a Sharks fan, and I'll get your opinion because realistically, where are they at? You're obviously not taking much out of this game, but you, like you said, are you treating them now as if they finish six or seven? That's probably a good result. Yeah, towards the bottom of the eight, and I, as Barney said last week, I really can't hold a whole lot of faith in them up until the point where they put a couple of good 70, 80 minutes performance together. At this point, I see them basically the favourable draw we have this year, finishing between 6th and 7th, somewhere around that, and probably being out first week of the finals. Unless we can turn it around and get rid of the stupidity that the Sharks are apparently renowned for. (laughs) Last year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a reason we haven't beat a top eight side in the last 18 months. And until we can rectify that, I don't see it changing. Any of that? Nope, <laughs> 100% right. agree. Um, just the random thought I had while you mentioned Talakai uh, and his decision-making everything else. Does he Does he eventually just take away Graham's spot? Yes. I would hope so. I think they should have already forward, done it. Yeah, bench forward 40 minutes. Bring in your Connor Tracy's or your Kyle Iroh yeah. and get them in there. Yeah. Get them some time. You've got the footwork and pace, which Talakai doesn't have. Um, yeah. And then probably... A, I would say even not not as a robust defence, but they'd probably be uh, more um, be they'd, they'd be able to be uh, a little more flexible out there with that pace to be able to you know counter opportunities. Whereas once Talakai's beaten in the defensive line, he's beaten. He's gone. Yeah. yeah so. No, it, 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 it's like to me, it screams of it. Get yeah. him off bench forward. Have, have the have him be Spencer Lenny or be even if yeah, like that. even if Teague goes back and starts playing sixty minutes and you start yeah. you start Talakai on a, on an edge and then maybe move him into the middle and Teague comes on and plays the last hour yeah, but, yeah. especially knowing what Connor if like ultimately for and even from a Connor Tracy point of view if he's not getting a crack next year then it's time to go and, and do your and best considering else. when we do start getting stopped in the middle of the field with the front rowers it's Talakai the guy that ends up putting in a lot of lot of that yeah. dirty work in the middle of the That's field right. anyway so. Why not just put him there and just tell him that's your job? <laughs> Is there any more hard done play by a player in the league than Connor Tracy at the moment? He, he'd make fifteen other sides. Yeah, at least twelve. Probably not. He, I'm struggling thinking. I'm trying. He's uh, a certified first grader, but he just can't. Probably uh, maybe, uh, maybe Braden be, Trindle. He should be taking Moylan's place. Yeah, but, so but you could you'd make the same argument for Braden Trindle. I'd yeah, say. yeah. Uh, I'd rate Tracy that, over Trindle. Either one of them would assist any of the bottom four. Uh, Their shoulders would be a hell of a lot better than you know, Origami Moylan's too. <laughs> it's coming, and, and they're going to make it. What would be very interesting to do is what the decision they make in the next. What's Moylan going to have for another year, or is he? Is it? I think it's. I, this I think year. it's this year. Where do they go? Do they go? Do they have they told one of them? They've got. Um, they've just re-signed the Italian bloke. Atkinson, did, no, they, re- a, they re-signed Moylan last year, didn't they? So it might be. I thought it was just for an extra year. But it's you got to pull the trigger at some point, and maybe that's time for him to go. Uh, especially when you have got Braden Trindle there, because he could probably get. You know, to be honest, he'd probably get five hundred, six hundred. Mm. The Tigers would probably give him seven hundred to come over. As would the Dogs, you know, like the uh, Titans, Knights. They're um, blokes like that you can't have sitting around, and they've got a few up the sleeve. They've got, and they've still got the young. They've got Dykes to come in. They've got. Kyle uh, Daniel Daniel Atkinson, they've got blokes up their sleeve, which is, you know, a great spot to Dikes be in. Go. Hmm? No, he's injured. injured for he's the injured. Year. They lost mm. both of them. Uh, yeah, trying to think of more ACL. hard done by. Um, any more hard done Atkinson's by? Atkinson's a, a constant 18th man. 
Yeah, he played yeah. for and all the three is, minutes last week. Minute, minute. The problem is, you get what happens is you get blokes like that that don't get a lot of footy for a year, and it, it's detrimental. They become disillusioned. Yeah, and it's so uh, how they manage all that is is up to Fitzgibbon. But you know, three points here. I assume you're going to talk about Nico. So go. On. What are you going to do? No, just give him three points. Uh, <laughs> give him six. Boring. McGinnis two, Nakora one. Yeah, I suppose. That'll do. Anything else? No, I'm, I'm on board with that. All righty. Uh, have you got, we'll wrap this up and we'll get into our origin preview. We might, well, I guess now we've gone this long, we might as well do our two shows. Uh, you've you got a pot plant of we the week. Jason Saab. I'm pretty sure this is his <laughs> second go for me this year, maybe even his third go. <laughs> he was very... He just he didn't, seemed crazy. completely uninterested in this game. Four errors. I think he had five runs in 80 minutes. When you see some of these outside backs running 200-plus metres, like your, your Tottos and, and the likes, um, yeah, for five runs for about 60 metres, I think, and missed a couple of tackles and four errors was just, yeah, was a horrible effort from Jason Saab. Uh, I'll go Josh Schuster just because uh, whatever you just said and just move it to halves. It was his time to really put a stamp on that. I know they didn't have a great deal of um, attacking position. When they did, he never looked like getting much flair to that. Yeah. Greg's having Labrador kisses, so I'll get his thoughts <laughs> in a minute when he <laughs> recovers stupid his Stupid yellow headset. idiot in here causing problems. Uh, can you get that back or not? You're right. Yeah, good now. All uh, right, you got a pot plant? Uh, yeah, I had to agree with Saab. He did absolutely nothing. You got a slap, Greg. All right. Give me a second to think about it. Yeah, I'm going (laughs) to, as you pat a dog, and it's always distracting, I'm going to slap the officiating from the bunker in some of these games and the inconsistencies because, and I know we don't generally do it, but, God, that Gutho thing pissed me off. (laughs) And uh, and a couple of the ones in the Cowboys-Penrose game as well were not particularly... uh, One of the games annoyed me. The Roosters, uh, the Roosters-Knights game, the the try there. It's true. Hmm. Yeah, it was the the Knights Roosters game that yeah. was very different. Have you got a, the have you got a pot plant in the slap now? The pot plant was Saab. Yeah, yeah, yeah slap. The, the slap to me has to be the dogs forward pack. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter who they actually put in there. They actually they need to put up a bit more of a a conscious effort in defence. The the Sharks forward pack has hardly been a world beater for, for the entire year, and have almost every forward just barging over, one off the ruck. It's just not acceptable for a first grade side. No, that's that's absolutely fair commentary, Barn. Tyrone Peachy. Game <laughs> in the balance. Absolutely. Yeah, game in the balance. Just pass the fucking ball. <laughs> they score in a corner. It's game over. He's <laughs> just, and he, he's not, he's, um, it's not like he's never done it before in his career either. <laughs> absolute no, ball no, hog no. with two minutes to go. And yeah, like, you can't tell me he couldn't see that. He's done it for the, ti- gonna, uh, for the Panthers. This year, a number of times. Couldn't tell me he couldn't see that he was completely unmarked on the wing and with two minutes to go just to, to seal that game. So, Who are you saluting? It's a choice of two. <laughs> I'm going to leave the other one for you. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with Gutherson for, for mine this week. He was everything that Parramatta needed. Uh, when they needed points, he was getting himself involved. If he wasn't scoring points, he was creating them and he was a big... The big reason why Parramatta did the uh, one so easily this weekend, Mister Alex Twole for me, <laughs> couldn't help but steal it from out under your nose. That's fine, Alex Twole. We salute you. All right, back to in for an origin preview. We'll, we'll finish on a better note than Alex Twole. See you, everyone. <laughs>